Hi, this is Pastor Curtis Crawford welcoming you to our podcast. At Revive Outreach Church, we're striving to revive an awareness of Christ in our communities through Christ-centered compassion, service, and evangelism. You can learn more about us online at www.reviveoc.org or on Facebook at facebook.com slash church. We hope that you enjoy this message, and God bless. Thank you, Jesus. You can be seated this morning. I'm going to be uh, going all kinds of places probably today. Well, I know I am. So uh, bear with me. I've got about six or seven verses here, Mark. As I was uh, praying, God just laid a word upon my heart. It's a word that you hear spoken often, and I don't want it to sound cliche. But the word that the Lord laid upon my heart is fire. Fire. You know, fire is an interesting thing. As when I was a kid, you could say that I was a fire bug. Uh, when we would go camping, I would play in the fire all the time. Uh, my little brother loved to light matches in the bathroom and uh, play with fire in the bathroom. I, we were pyromaniacs, I guess. We were lighting things on fire, melting things, setting things on fire, all kinds of, we, we did all kinds of crazy things with fire. And uh, the thing about fire is, is that it needs oxygen to burn. It needs something to fuel it. So it needs, it needs uh, something that it can consume and that it needs oxygen as well to allow it to continue to consume, mm-hmm. right? So it needs a fuel source, and then it also needs oxygen, which allows it to consume that fuel source. You take away the fuel, the fire goes out. And these uh, fire uh, 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 areas where they, when they have great uh, uh, you know, forest fires, the firemen who go in, they, they actually pre-burn areas and a controlled burn so that they put a barrier around hoping that the fire will have no fuel left and so therefore it'll stop where it's at because there's no more fuel for the fire to burn. When you have a candle at home and you are burning it, the easiest way to put a candle out is put the lid on. Why? Because it'll glow for a moment but then once the oxygen is consumed, the fire is burnt out. So there are two ways to extinguish fire. Deprive it of fuel and suffocate it. Remove the oxygen. Matthew, it says in uh, chapter 3, John the Baptist is come. The people are questioning him. He's baptizing people in water. He's back baptizing them in repentance and, and asking them to be baptized in water and telling them to, you know, to, to ask for the remission of sins, the forgiveness of sins. And the people are saying, you know, questioning him. And he goes into a bit of a diatribe about who warns you and that sort of thing. But then he says in verse 11 of chapter 3, I baptize you with water for repentance. But the one who is coming after me is more powerful than I. I'm not worthy to remove his sandals. He himself will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. The Holy Spirit and fire. Multiple times in the New Testament specifically, the Holy Spirit and fire are equivalent. The sign of the Holy Spirit was fire. 
In Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, you'll see that they were in the upper room, they were gathered, they were praying, they were honoring God, and the Bible says not only was there a sound like a mighty rushing wind, but when you look, it was those fire tongues, little flames of fire, like you would see burning on a candle. Little flames of fire sat down upon each of them. Amen. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were set ablaze, and that fire that was set upon them it changed them from the inside out. They went from cowards to having immense bravery. They went from being able to articulate the teaching of Christ to suddenly having an illumination and an understanding of his word so that Peter was able to get up and preach a message. Truths that the disciples had had trouble understanding when Jesus himself was with them. Read the uh, New Testament. You'll see where he says, haven't I been with you long enough that you don't see these things? You don't understand these things? And then all of a sudden when the Holy Spirit came after Christ's resurrection, the comforter came, the counselor came, the one that Jesus said would lead them into all understanding, remind them of everything that he had taught them. They had an understanding, an illumination that came with it. They were dramatically changed by the fire, the power of the Holy Spirit. One thing lacking in our lives is fire. Many of us are candles with a lid on it. Or we're oil lamps that have run dry. The devil will try to quench your fire in two ways. Remove your fuel or suffocate you. Now, one of the common ways, if you go to Cracker Barrel, they still do it. And an oil lamp, uh, they have oil with a wick and it burns and the oil saturates the wick. The oil and the wick are the fuel. All right? So I want you to imagine it like this. Your body is the wick. You are the wick. The oil is the Holy Spirit. We must be saturated with the Holy Spirit so that we can burn fire and glow and give warmth and make a difference. We live defeated lives, lives constantly in defeat because we're not on fire. We've run out of fuel or we've been suffocated. We live lives where nothing changes. Everything remains the same because we're not on fire. If the fire's not burning, guess what? Everything stays the same around it. If a fire's not burning, sins that you struggle with can grow freely. If the fire's not burning, insects and things that would creep in to corrupt us, yes. they're able to move freely. Amen. Yes. Right? Without fire, if there's no fire, then whatever's around where the fire would normally burn, it grows crazy. Amen. In fact, uh, fire within forests is actually a welcome thing when it is comes naturally and man doesn't get in the way, right? Uh, forests don't burn down every once in a while. They become unhealthy, right? That is part of the natural cycle. Now, they're so devastating to us. Why? Because we've cut down the forest and we move right next into all the forest. So like in California, when it catches on fire and the acres begin to burn, guess what? You're burning people's homes. You're burning people's animals. You, you know what I'm saying? Now, normally animals know where to go when there's a fire. But if they're pinned up in a cage, they don't know where to go. But fire, so fire is a natural thing. It's man that's 
constant, you know, when it, when it creatures, uh, approaches our homes, it, it's dangerous. But a forest needs to be burned so that what is old can be burned away and new can grow and bring forth life. Amen. I remember as a kid seeing pictures in textbooks and on National Geographic after forest fires and you would see amidst all the ash and all the rubble, you would see green starting to pop through. Amen. Even the trees that remained while their outside was burned, their inside was renewed, and all of a sudden they start to grow again and sprout. Amen. Right? It's a natural thing. The animals return, and everything is fresh, and everything is new. Fire scares us, but fire is necessary. Fire burns, but fire is necessary. When fire burns all inside of us, when the Holy Spirit goes to burn away that in us, which is not of God, it can be uncomfortable. Amen. And we may try to stop it. Stop attending church. Stop praying because we're uncomfortable. And we start to make excuses like I can't change because it hurts to change. Yeah. We make excuses like I'm too weak. No, we don't want to go through the fire Amen. because the body doesn't like fire. The flesh does not like fire. Why? Because fire brings cleansing. Yeah. And the enemy of your souls does not want you to be cleansed. Your flesh does not want to be cleansed. If you had to have toddlers and you ever try to, especially I had boys, I don't know about girls so much. My experience is all with boys. They'd be outside and they would get filthy, dirty playing in the mud and dirt and in the creek. And then it would be time to take a bath. Trying to get them in the bath was a nightmare. They resisted it with all that was in them. So what do you do? You try to make the bath fun. You paint bubble bath. You add some toys in the bathtub. Right? To try to make it fun. They don't want to get in the bathtub. Why? They don't want to get clean. It's a nuisance. Mm -hmm. They got to stop doing what they're doing so they can get in the bathtub and get clean. Mm -hmm. They got to stop doing what interests them. They got to stop doing what's fun to them so they can get in the bathtub and be clean. But being clean is what's in their best interest. Because if you're not clean, you don't take care of your body and wash it. Parasites grow. Right? Your teeth begin to rot. You get dry skin, right? I mean, let's be honest. You'll start to get sick because we're not cleaning the, ourselves in the water. The same thing applies to us as Christians. That fire is necessary for the purification of the saints. Amen. Now, when you accepted Christ as Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit came to live in you. Did you fan the flames or stuff him out? When the Holy Spirit comes, we come up to the altar and we pray and we have an awesome experience and we cry and maybe even the God gives a word of prophecy or something. And we get all excited, but the minute we walk out the door, life's worries suffocate us mm -hmm. or we go back into our routine and we let our fuel run out. Amen. Your spirit oil burns fast because when you burn bright and you burn on full, you burn out quickly. And we are not called to burn on low. My fireplace has settings on it. You can turn it really low or you can turn it really high. All right? Listen, on low, it does no good. It saves me fuel costs, 
But it couldn't heat up nothing. You, have, you barely, the, the screen gets hot. It doesn't warm the house or anything. I have to turn that joker up on high so it will heat up the room that it's in and heat up the bottom floor. Now, when I turn it on high, the light gets higher. The heat is produced is more. And guess what? My gas bill goes up. It's consuming more fuel. God has called you and I to burn hot. We are to burn hot. We're to burn at max temperature at all times. But when you burn hot, you run out of fuel. So in order to keep burning hot, I have a gas line attached directly to my house that never runs dry. So that I can keep technically that fire on as long as I pay the bill. I can keep it on year round 24-7 if I wanted to pay the bill. There is a constant flow of gas into it. Well, you and I need a constant flow of the Holy Spirit's fuel into our life so that we can burn bright. Don't be satisfied with burning at the minimum. Amen. Burn bright. When we go to the bonfire, uh, Mr. Joey didn't come, I believe, this last time, but the previous times he's coming, Joey likes fire. And when you get the, get the bonfire, they only give you a certain amount of wood. And if I'm not careful and if I don't watch Mr. Joey, he will put all the wood on in about 30 minutes. <laughs> and the fire will be up to here. But guess what? We're out of wood and with nothing but coals in another 30 minutes. So you got to slowly stock it if you want to, you know, preserve your wood. God doesn't want us to preserve our fuel. Why? Because he's given you and I enough fuel. It is new every morning. Amen. He restores it. He provides it. You and I have a tap. We have a tap to the Holy Spirit who can flow through us as long as we will stay plugged into the tap. If we don't plug into the tap or we detach ourselves, we will run dry. Amen. He wants us to burn Hot. If you don't take anything else with you today, take that with you. God wants you to burn hot. Red hot. As hot as you can. Why? Because it is when you are red hot that you will affect the world around you. Amen. The hotter you are, the larger your effect. The brighter you are, the larger your effect. He wants us to burn bright so that we impact the world around us. Burn bright. But over the years, in his house, we begin to take the fire for granted. And we begin to want to save on fuel. We start turning, turning the thermostat down. And it don't happen all at once. It starts with one little compromise. And we turn it down so that we're not burning as bright as God wants us to burn. And when we don't burn the way that God wants us to burn, we're not walking according to his truth. We're not walking according to what he has commanded. Jesus said, what good is a light be put under or be hidden? It's not good for nothing. You don't hide it. He says a light is to be put on a hill, to be seen, to be lit, to illuminate everything. 
We must not allow ourselves to uh, not burn as bright as we possibly can. I want to read you now from read to you now from Timothy. It's first uh, second Timothy chapter one. Paul is writing to Timothy verse six. Therefore, I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given you the spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and sound judgment. Now, uh, Timothy had had someone or group of people lay their hands upon him, and he was given a gift, a gift that obviously was recognizable to everyone around him, whether it was to be a teacher or a pastor or, or whatever it is, an evangelist. He was given a gift. And Paul is reminding Timothy about that gift. Remember the gift. And he says, rekindle. Now, in the New King James Version, the King James Version, it says stir up. But in NIV, HCSB, all, it's, it means that stir up in, in the original language means to set ablaze, to rekindle the fire. So even Timothy had to be reminded to keep walking in the gift and to rekindle the fire that was down in him. Now, I don't know what your gift is, but I do know this. The Holy Spirit and God, the God the Father has given gifts to each of you. Amen. He's given you the gift of children. He's given you the gift of, uh, of a loving spouse. He's given you, right, uh, the gift of healing. He's given you the gift of setting you free. He's given you gifts of provision. He's given you gifts of protection. He's given you gifts of deliverance. And we relish the gift for a moment. We're on fire. But over time, the fire begins to fade because of life. Yes. The fire begins to fade. It begins to fade in me. I get excited that God answered my prayer. I get excited that he set me free, that he delivered me, and I'm good for a few weeks. But then I let the attacks of the enemy suffocate me like a candle on the lid. Or after a few days or a few weeks, I get back and I get out of the routine that I set and I start uh, doing things that I know that I ought not do. And I stop cutting, I start cutting my time with God, my time in his word, my time talking to him, my time listening to him, my time spent with him. I begin to slowly decrease it or it becomes where it's now conflicted with other stuff. If you want to get the message to something, you have to listen to it without doing something else. Amen. So uh, if you really want to hear uh, what the message is in the lyrics, you've got to concentrate on the lyrics. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What we do is we want to meet the requirement that we've set to spend time with God, and I'm guilty of this. So we'll put God on in the background and go do what it is that we want to do. Amen. Wow. He's, a, he's like, instead of being, uh, uh, he, he's like elevator music. We put him on in the background just to kind of give an ambience. Well, he's there. Right? He's there in the background. But we're really focused on this other thing, this other task. Now, maybe some of you could do both. But I've, I've got to tell you, I don't believe that we can give our full attention to God mm -hmm. 
our full attention. Does that say, and what, am I, am I, what I'm trying to say is don't take the time that you set aside with you and God and clump it with other things. So what I'm saying is it's okay to have that background music on on your job or when you're driving in the car and you're, but right, keep it, keep it flowing. But don't take the time away from God that's supposed to be his and mingle it with other things. That's what I'm trying to say. And that's what we do. Amen. We've set aside a time for him every day. And then over time, worries, cares, our own desires come in. And so we want to keep our time with God. But what we do is we slowly push him aside. And we have him on in the background as we live our daily lives. And then we say, good job. I did it. But I can't remember what I read. I didn't meditate on his word. I just got through my chapter or chapters for the day. I don't remember what that devotion said. Because I was just getting through it. I don't remember what the preacher said on that podcast because uh, I, I couldn't tell you one good thing he said because I was busy doing something else. But boy, did I spend time with God. I met my quota. What's really happening is our oil is draining out. Wow. We're burning, burning the oil without replenishing it. Wow. And when we burn the oil without replenishing it, eventually the fire goes out. Paul wrote in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 19, he says, don't stifle the spirit. Some versions say don't quench the spirit. Don't stifle the spirit. So let's put it like this. Don't stifle the fire. Don't quench the fire. What does it mean to stifle the spirit, to quench the spirit? That means to deliberately there's multiple ways it means to get so wrapped up in the earth and its pleasures that we uh, disconnect ourselves from god and we allow the oil to run dry it means that we get so caught up in circumstances and things that are going wrong and, and, and bad stuff that's happening and the hectic stuff that's happening in our lives and our oil runs dry it means that we get so busy doing for god that our oil runs dry you burn too hot, too, too, too hot, too long without replacing the oil, you burn out. Amen. So you quench the spirit, you burn out because you are not refueling. To quench, to stifle the spirit means to stop him from working. Now, I cannot stop the spirit from working in your life. And you cannot stop the spirit from working in my life. But you sure can stop yourself. We are our own worst enemy as it relates to the Holy Spirit working inside of us and that fire, our own worst enemies. We quench the spirit. We stifle the spirit. When I was growing up, I heard that quoted a lot, especially in Pentecostal services about quenching the spirit, right? Because it was about not, you know, and a part of it is not allowing God to operate in the service according to his will and according to his purpose. Part of it is not allowing the Holy Spirit to move the way that he wants to move, to not allow people, you know, to try to clamp down on the gifts of the Spirit, not to be free to flow in the Holy Spirit. That's a huge piece of it. But a lot of times we don't take the personal responsibility at home that you're responsible for the Holy Spirit in you Amen. and me. Amen. Right? I'm responsible for the fire in me. Amen. Now, what happens on Sunday mornings is, as I bring that fire with me, hopefully that fire is burning full force. Right, So that I walk in 
to be with other, with God's people, I've got my flame inside of me and buddy, it's burning bright. And if my flame's bright and your flame's bright, we all come in with a bright flame. Guess what? This now suddenly this room is filled with the fire, the heat, the light, the presence of the Holy Spirit because our fires are burning bright. But what we do is we quench the spirit at home. And then we blame the pastor or the worship leader because service wasn't what we thought it should be. Amen. Well, the pastor wasn't obedient or the worship you know, leader didn't sing the song or didn't do the right thing or go through the right motions. He didn't ask me enough or she didn't ask me enough to lift my hands. <laughs> didn't encourage me enough today to worship God. So, so, so that's their fault. They, they stifled the Holy Spirit. No, I stifled the Holy Spirit. Because the same God that's in them is the same God that's in you. And I choose to come refueled and are fueled by the Holy Spirit. And I choose to come empty. Amen. Right? It's my choice. Whether I come fueled or empty. And if you come empty with no fuel into the house of the Lord, you can't burn. And while everyone else around you has worshiped the Lord and you can't understand what they're feeling... You don't feel nothing because you have no fuel. You don't see nothing because you have no fuel. I have no fuel. And a lot of times the reason it takes so long in in churches, in our church, for the presence of God to really start moving and you got to sing 15 songs and you got to encourage people to shout and you got to blah, 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 is because you're coming empty with no oil and you got to fill up with oil. Then you got to be lit on fire and start to burn. It takes time, but Jesus told the kingdom of God is like 10 virgins, didn't he? And those virgins, some of them filled up their lamps. The others didn't do do what they were supposed to do, and they didn't trim their wicks and have their lamps ready. And so when the master came, he came for the ones that had them ready. The others were gone having to get more fuel. So here we are, we come in the presence of God, and some of us have trimmed our wicks, and our lamps are fueled, and we're experiencing God's presence and enjoying his presence while others are empty and they miss the bridegroom. Mm, And so they sit and they're like, these are fakes. These are frauds. (laughs) We had it happen last week. Fakes, frauds. Why? Because we stifled the Holy Spirit in our own life. And so therefore, we're not filled with oil. We can't catch fire. We miss the bridegroom. We miss the Holy Spirit. We miss the Father when he blesses us with our, his presence. And the key with the Holy Spirit is when you want him to move in a corporate setting, there must be unity. It does no good if one person is full and everybody else is running on empty. That's why pastors get burned out so quick. Leaders get burned out so quick. Ministers get burned out so quick. Worship leaders get burned out. Why? Because they're full. And they're burning for everybody. So like if I turn the lights off in this house and I set a candle here and it's bright, if I leave it and all the lights off and the torch is lit, eventually it burns out. It will burn its way through all of its fuel and everything and burn out that torch. Mm -hmm. You need other torches. You'll burn out the one that's the one that's shining, the one that's glowing, the one that's giving light, the one that's giving heat. But that's personal responsibility. We got to take personal responsibility for the fire that God has placed in us and stop 
putting it on someone else to fan your flame. Fan your own flame. How do you fan your flame? You fan your flame by the power of God's word. You fan your flame through prayer to the Father. You fan your flame through worship of the Father. You fan your flame by listening to the Father. You, that's how we fan our flame. That's how we keep the oil flowing is by spending time with God and his word and through prayer and through worship and through honoring him. That's how we keep the flame lit and fueled. Amen. Yes. Fan your flame. Don't wait for me to fan your flame. I'm full of hot air, but not that much. <laughs> Fuel your flame. Amen. We want to see God move the way that at least is on my heart to see him move. I can't do it on my own. And you can't do it on your own. We need each other. Because on the day of Pentecost, they had to be in one accord and in unity. So for God to work, for the Holy Spirit to operate in a corporate setting, there must be unity. Has to be. There has to be unity so the Holy Spirit will work in a corporate setting. Why? Because the gifts are for what? Edifying you? No. Edifying the body. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are not for you and me. They're for edifying the body. So in a corporate setting, for the Holy Spirit to work, we must be in unity without selfish desires, without pride, without arrogance, so that he can flow in such a way that the body is edified and people leave changed, refreshed, renewed. Amen. I want real change. Real change. I want people set free. That comes from fire and the Holy Spirit. Amen. That comes from you. If you're a leader in this church, if you get on this stage, if you work the soundboard, if you're a leader in this church, you need to come with your oil filled and your wick glowing. Amen. We got to come ready. Yeah. If you're here, why be here? If you're not here to see God do something amazing. Mm-hmm. If you're not here to be set free, to see people set free, to see salvations, to see lives change. Why are we here? I'm not that good a speaker, you know, right? I can't sing. I don't speak that good. Go find someone on YouTube. They can preach a whole lot better than I can, right? They preach with more fire and more, you know, blah, 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 tingles up your neck. You're not here for that. What are we here for? We're here to see what God does, not what the preacher does. We're here to see what God does, not what the worship team does. We're here to see what the Holy Spirit does. Come with excitement and expectation that God is going to do something great and not wait for him to work through somebody else. But let it start with you. Come in and say, God, I'm going to worship you today. I'm going to honor you today. Let the fire, don't worry about anybody else's fire. Worry about your fire. I want God. I want him to do amazing things for you and for me. I really, really do. 
Thank you for listening to this message. We hope that you enjoyed it and were blessed by it. Each month we have people from all over the world who listen to the messages made available. If you've been blessed by this ministry, would you consider making a donation of any amount to help support us as we continue to reach a loss for Christ? Donations can be made online at www.reviveoc.org or by check at Revive Outreach Church, 411 Chatham Heights Road, Suite 101, Fredericksburg, Virginia, 22405. Thank you for your prayers and your continued support. May God richly bless you.